Welcome to week three of the Game Preview Podcast. Ethan Greenberg, Cynthia Freeland in her third set in as many weeks. The house looking nice. A new set, new decoration. I love it. You know, this unpacking is not my it's not my strong suit. So we're, we're getting there. We're getting there. But we got the green down, so things are looking good. <laughs> and you got the Jets apparel. You have more Jets apparel than I do on right now. This is impressive. I almost wore the quarter zip, but because of a special surprise to start the show that is both smoky, sweet, and spicy. I could not all wear three. it just in case. Yep, all three. Amazing. Kind of like uh, certain shampoo and conditioner and body wash, three-in-one. This is a three-in-one just in terms of barbecue sauce. We got the sauce from the source himself. That is Sauce Gardner. It has made its way out to Newport. Is that where you are, Newport? Hermosa. Hermosa, Hermosa okay. Beach. It was one of the beaches. Mm-hmm. Hermosa Beach, not Newport Beach. Cynthia well, it's has a little closer to the stadium. So when you come out for a game here, then you, you were a little closer to the stadium. I love it. We made we made some wings here with the sauce. And I you know, made my Cynthia. Own. <laughs> okay, it looks good. It looks good. Because you know, so, it's, that's how I roll. Let, let, let me Let's let me tell it. you about this. By the way, uh, before I take a bite, I had a I had a problem here because. I was like, you know what? Boneless wings, probably easier to eat on set. And then I remembered you being like, oh, if you're eating wings, you got to go bone in. So we got both. We made both. Yum, we got so boneless good. and bone in just because you you basically like threw away the idea. The boneless one? Where does the bone yeah. go on the boneless? Like, I don't I understand that. Keep the bone in. It just makes more sense. Like, Get over yourself. You can do it. You know, that's how I feel about it. I don't know where the bone goes, but I know where this wing is going. All right, here we go. I'm going boneless first because it's easy. Are you ready? Am I going to give you a virtual cheers? Okay. You just Mm. went right for it. I went right. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. Mm. This is really good. It is all three things. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. I feel really bad if you're just listening to this because you can just hear me chew. And I'm sure that sounds great into the microphone. It says mm. on the side of the bottle, it says sauce Gardner, pro football player, first round draft pick, lover of sauce. <laughs> lover of I sauce. I'm a lover of sauce. Man, these I definitely are... like taste. I definitely taste like the, um, the, the chili garlic for sure. That's the yeah. first thing you get. I think I need one more okay. bite just to make sure. You know. Yeah, me too. I'm going. I'm going for a second boneless wing. I'm putting the bone in wings down for a minute. Ooh, it builds some heat. It's definitely yeah. the heat's definitely building. Hey, let, let me ask you this. I might have asked you this last week, and then we'll talk about some real football. Mm. But blue cheese or ranch or neither? Well, I kind of would say neither because I I kind of like the heat. It's weird, but um, but I think if I had to pick between the two, I would definitely go ranch. Um, mm, blue cheese, like you. only, only. I know it's not. I'm not supposed to answer that. You're supposed to say blue cheese, I guess. But no, that's not my truth. It's not my truth. That's a cop out. You are supposed to tell the truth. I am. And it's ranch. You like well, ranch, it's no sauce. You like and ranch. Then it's ranch. It's no sauce. There no. You know, I, I like this sauce. I don't need to. I don't need to mask the spice. Yeah. And then, I, if I had to pick one, it would be ranch. Okay. To wrap up this little taste test, where does like what kind of grade you given this out of 10? There's a lot I could do with this. Like I think I would say the predominant is spicy and I would call it tangy. 
Yeah. Okay. Spicy and tangy. If I, you know, I do taste a little bit of the sweet, but it, it and it definitely like that heat builds. So this is good on like, I don't know, like like anything you'd use, like like it'd be good on like any chicken, obviously, any pulled chicken, any pulled pork, any pulled meat, mm-hmm. like that. But I also think you could do like some fun, like you could probably do like a some great tailgate dips with this and you do def- like ooh, you ooh. know like tailgate. We could definitely like we could definitely fashion this into something fun for a tailgate. Yeah, so we, I, we don't know what tailgating is though, Cynthia, because Sunday that doesn't exist on Sunday for us. Well, I grew up in the Midwest where you tailgate on Saturday and Sunday, so oh, uh, yeah. you know you go college on Saturday and then you go um, then you go pro on Sunday. Yeah, that's fair. I, I think it's else a, to do in Michigan. <laughs> Your words. Not mine. I've been to Michigan a couple of times. I like Michigan. I'm sure it's especially nice in the summer with all the lakes. Beautiful. Beautiful. Boring, but beautiful. Okay. Well, I feel I fueled up and ready to go. Mm-hmm. How do you feel? You you ready to rock and roll? I mean, nothing like, it's a little earlier my time when we're recording this. Nothing like yeah. waking up with a nice piece of, when I put it on the grill this morning, I set off the, the smoke detector. I woke up my <laughs> neighbor's. You know, it like that was actually really good. I I really like it. Like I'm gonna keep eating that. I ate like seven bites of it. You know, if I don't like something, I'm like, hmm, this is interesting. But I like yeah, it. I, I like several bites. I totally agree. I feel like first it's of all, tangy. this is like the first ever food review I've done, especially on camera. Mm-hmm. I liked it. I like the sauce a lot. I'm gonna continue to house those wings after we record because it That's is in fact great. I mean, I want to try. It's the like an approachable on- lunchtime. When when I come to New York, I'm gonna try the full on like wing version. But my chicken yeah. leg version was really good. Okay, the chicken leg. That's right. Yes, mm-hmm. we will save the producer some as always. So we we have we got a lot. Don't worry about it. Yeah, I, yeah, that's the nice thing to do. I guess, they make I us guess. look good, we and they make us sound good. it all the way out here to me. You know. Yeah, exactly. All right, here we go. You ready to go? You feel fueled up? Let's go. Ready to dive into the first let's quarter. Go, let's go. Let's go. I, I guess we can call that the coin toss, but. I feel like at, right out of the gate, we got to talk about Joe Flacco, right? The, this Jets team, like an improbable victory in Cleveland. When you look at the numbers, I'm sure the numbers don't even start to describe the full picture of what actually happened. It's crazy. But Joe Flacco, 300 yards in week one, 300 yards in week two, now facing the Bengals. And the Bengals defense, statistically uh, a pretty good one. But what do you think about the 37-year-old Joe Flacco going over Three bills in back-to-back weeks. Guess how many quarterbacks have done that so far this season in both weeks? In, in two, two weeks? I oh, In two weeks, go. there's only two. It's Joe Flacco and Carson Wentz, just like everybody drew it up, just like we all thought. So, yeah, so it's, it's really impressive. But the difference this time is that 110.7 passer rating, which was significantly better than the first game we saw with a lot of interesting use cases on the wide alignment was far more successful. The receivers got a lot more separation. It was a much better outing and a much better game plan, which is very, very like, it's fun. It's encouraging. And by the way, like, let's see if we can see that again. Yeah. What's the expectation now for Joe Flacco moving forward in your eyes after back-to-back games of going over 300 yards? Hmm. Well, the first thing is, let's put in context that improbable come from behind victory because that with 90 seconds left in the game, so after that 155 left in the game, it's back to, you know, the Jets have the ball, but 90 seconds left in the game, there was a 13-point deficit, and the Jets overcame that deficit, obviously, to win the game, becoming the first 
NFL team since they've started tracking all of the stats, so the merger or whatever, that was able to come a 13, overcome a 13-point deficit and then win the game since we started tracking in football. So they had just a 0.3% probability of winning that game with 155 left. That's the lowest for next-gen stats that ever have that big swing to become 100%. So, I mean, really, like, awesome, very fun stuff. Do I expect Joe Flacco to have to produce like that again? No, I mean, that's why it's so crazy that it's never happened before, right? So I think that the passing game, though, is actually something that will continue to be effective and efficient. I think the Cowboys game against the Bengals last week did give us a little bit of some blueprints. I mean, Cooper Rush obviously isn't Dak Prescott, and they were able to create some opportunities there that I don't know if I think mostly America was sleeping on that. Right. So, you know, I think that that game plan, I think the Cowboys were a good blueprint just in general against the, what, what you do to the Bengals. You know, I think this is a very interesting stat that I read yesterday in the Bengals PR release. Cincinnati has allowed a total of 34 points in the first half compared to just nine in the second half over the course yep. of two weeks. When you hear those two numbers, what does that say to you? It means that Lou Anarumo, he's from Staten Island, so I try to do his accent. I should never do that again. Um, but <laughs> it means that Lou Anarumo can figure out how to adjust and adapt very effectively and efficiently. So you're really able to then see different ways that, you know, they had two defenders last game that each had three quarterback pressures. That was really helpful. You know, these are ways where the you're figuring out how to exploit what happens in the first half and then adapt in the second. The Bengals problem so far this season has not been their defense. It has not been the defense. That's been the, the issue. I mean, that first game, remember Joe Burrow threw four interceptions. They had five turnovers total. That's your, and their defense still kept them in it. They went into overtime. So it's not the defense's fault. And I think that leads us to the second quarter. But real quick, do you think, can you say the Bengals DC name one more time in the Staten Island voice? No, 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 I'm scared. Okay. So you scared it away. Lou Anarumo. No, no, no. No, I love, yeah. I love Lou. He's great, by the way. Lou Anarumo. Do, like do you a think, I got a question. Do you think Lou Anarumo like sauce is sauce? Listen, I don't know if he's tried it yet, but if he did, I think he'd have a problem defending him because he liked the sauce so much. So I don't think they were any, the, the Bengals fans are trying to keep it away from him because it's so tasty that he'd be like, let's like let this kid. Yeah, no, it should be a woozy. Like we don't need him to be on. Sauce. We <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to put Anarumo and sauce is sauce in the same sentence. But, you know, I know, I, I know, I, you, got, I, like, I you know, he'd be like, I need him. I need him on my team. Right. I'm sure. Actually. I, I'm trying to remember if it's Lou, because I talked to Lou at the combine and I was like, which one's the best corner, you know, because whatever. And I, I do believe right. he said it was sauce. I'll have to I'll have to double check that. But I do. I, I mean, look, it was it was he mm -hmm. was very easily the best one, I thought. So I'm 99 percent sure, but I don't want to put words in his mouth. And also just to bring this full circle. And Rumo, the D.C. in Cincinnati, Sauce Gardner, of course, went to the University of Cincinnati for the Bearcats. Oh, so moving on to our second quarter. Back. Yeah. Yeah, we're back. <laughs> so you were talking about Joe Burrow just and the, the offense or the defense rather not being the issue, which means that the offense is the issue, which nobody would have expected after last season, especially the way that the Bengals took off in the postseason, making their way to the Super Bowl. So like. What is happening right now in Cincinnati that you think that resulted in an 0-2 start? I just wanted to double check that it was $74 million in new contracts set to this O-line. Mm. An O-line that through two games is actually allowing 
almost double the number of sacks per game last year was 3.2 down 6.5 almost uh, like not quite double 6.4 to 10 quarterback hits per game a higher pressure rate at 30.4 and a faster time to hurry by 0.3 seconds and their pass blocking grade even by PFF and outside source has gotten worse so they clearly haven't been able to figure out this 74 million dollars is a lot of money yeah and that's not really paying off here and that's been at least early on been part of the problem. Now I will not say that all of the picks that Joe Burrow threw in week one were the O-line's fault because they weren't, but those two things go hand in glove. And when I look to see down here, okay, like Cordell Wilson, Ted Karras, Alex Kappa, Lyle Collins, Kappa is playing well. Other than that, So, so that's the source. That's what you're telling me. That's the that, in your opinion, is where the source, or at least some of it, goes in terms of the O and two record. I mean, how about this stat? And you provided this one to me, so I'm sorry for stealing it in advance. Not Feel only it. is the Bengals 13 times a season that Joe Burrow has been sacked. That's the most in two games since 2014 with Chad Henney in Jacksonville. I mean, that's an amazing stat right there. It's been years, not just. Not just a couple. It has been years since a quarterback has been sacked at the rate that Joe Burrow has. And you have to also remember, put some context in here too, during the training camp period, he had his appendix taken out. So you don't even have like the regular snaps. Remember, he lost some weight. I'm not, I don't know how all of that works with how he feels, right? I don't know what he feels, but I can tell you that, you know, that's probably a hard situation when you at least haven't taken as many reps together. You know, that chemistry, I understand he and Jamar Chase, they went to college together, newsflash, in case anyone didn't remember that. But ultimately, you know, it's it's one of those things where it's like, and without the O-line allowing Joe Mixon to kind of really get going, then it's even hard. It's even harder for him. So it's it's not really, it's just the, it's the confluence of all of it, not just any one particular thing. But if I had to say the one biggest thing, it's that O-line. And the other thing about, the it's I feel like it's a chicken or the egg thing in terms of each individual sack. Like, is it the offensive line? Is it the quarterback not getting rid of the ball? Yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of factors here. But when I see this stat that Joe Burrow has been sacked 83 times in his past 22 games, where Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers in that same span combined have mm -hmm. only been sacked 81 times, so two less than Joe Burrow. How much of that do you think actually goes or says something about the quarterback versus the offensive line? I mean, when you watch each one of the sacks, so it kind I will say you got to put an asterisk on both because it's not that he's always taking a sack when he shouldn't, and it's not that he's always getting creamed by his O-line. When you look to see certain trends, like that time till, till pressure is going down by 0.3 seconds, that doesn't seem like a lot of time because it's like a fraction of a second. But remember, that's averaged over a long period of time, so, but, 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 but multiple, right? So that's showing that the O-line is allowing more pressure. But see, then you start to get bad habits or bad tendencies. Remember, Joe Burrow last season in that, in that playoff game was the first time anyone had ever been sacked that many times and still won a game in NFL history. These things are outliers. They don't happen, but it happened. And so you he kind of was rewarded for it. So if you think about it like that, perhaps he's now trying to kind of overcome some stuff, maybe a little too early. And it's just kind of, instead of falling in his favor, it's going the other way this time. Also, when you think about the Cincinnati Bengals, it only feels like a matter of time before Joe Burrow and that offense figures out whatever's been going wrong and they fix it. 
from the Jets' perspective, you just hope it's not week three because that's who the Jets play at MetLife Stadium. We will see what happens, which leads us to halftime, which I have a – it's – yeah, I, I got a question for you. Do I get to you. eat another piece of – Of course. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 What, while – how about this? I'll ask the question. You eat. You answer the question. I eat. Teamwork. Perfect. So this is my question. Teamwork makes a dream work. That, that's what I hear. So let me ask you this. Skyline Chili is obviously a big thing. Oh, wow. The, the reach back dip. That was impressive. That was impressive. Good length, good reach, good length. Yeah. That, mm -hmm. That'd be in your, that'd be in your combine profile. So perfect. What do you think about Skyline Chili in general? Well, as I Google, little, as I Google the, the definition for people who do not know. So you always need to, I think it's important to try anyone's like, I'm a, I'm a food trier. I want to be able to be like cumin, like on my tongue, right? What I want to be able to taste and know exactly what I'm tasting and figure it out. And I think you should always, whenever you're in a new place, you should try the regional fair. That's my, like, I believe that. So anywhere, just try it. What was like, just a bite or two. It doesn't need to be like, you don't need to eat like six pounds of it. So when I tried the Skyline Chili, it, I, it, it wasn't like my, like, I, it's not my go-to, but I enjoyed it, right? Like it's very thick. The there's a lot of cheese. There's a, it's, it's a heartier dish. It's like when it, as far as chilies are concerned, it wasn't, it was a, a very flavorful chili. It wasn't like bland. Like you get yeah. in someone's food processor. That's for too long. So very flavorful and cheese. It's just not something I would be like, it, it's not like my go-to like comfort mm. food. It's not my, it's just not my vibe as much, but like it was, it was very tasty. I just, I wasn't, okay. it's just not my yeah. favorite food. Right. So, so th this is what it is for people who do not know. Cincinnati chili is a Mediterranean spiced meat sauce used as a topping for spaghetti or hot dogs. And there's just like a, a lump of like just like a lot of cheese on top of it, like a lot of yellow shredded cheese. So with that being said, did you have the spaghetti version or the hot dog version? I just had the chili version. I didn't have it either. I didn't oh, put it on wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you just had, you just had, the meat and the meat sauce, which I'm not good at eating like hand foods or sp like who eats spaghetti at a stadium? Like what, <laughs> what are you <laughs> know, doing? Right. You can't, like, you can't be doing that. You can, no, but, but you like, could have the hot dog. You could have the, the meat sauce, <laughs> the meat sauce and the cheese. You, and, look at the picture ugh. of it on the internet. Do you think that's going anywhere, but all over me? If I try to eat that and, and like, <laughs> like a table and a bib and like maybe some, like, like some plastic glove, like what are you like? Who's putting it on? I, I can see I understand like chili tastes yeah. good on a hot dog, but like, I can't like, I can't hold that. And I can't maneuver all no, that. It's, it's what, too, what much. too much. Yeah. It, good thing. The game's at MetLife because Cincinnati chili is not served in East Rutherford, New Jersey. However, I wouldn't be a major I, I, seller. I, I, nope. This is, this is what I want. You know, I have, I have a question for you. I just thought of this right off the top of the, right off the top of the head here. As we end our halftime, you often like to make healthier versions of dishes so if you were tasked with a healthier version of Cincinnati chili, whether it be the spaghetti or the hot dog version, like how would you go about that? I mean, I would probably focus on the chili part and focus on the cheese part because, I mean, those two things are, are bigger winners. I definitely wouldn't put it on spaghetti. I just think it's a weird combo, like a bunch of beans. Like it's not. But, a but you could spot. do a whole game. You could do a whole game noodle though. But like, uh, it's not. It's it's probably sacrilegious for you, but you could a do a whole gray noodle. You tell me like a hot dog, there's no way around a hot dog. You know what I mean? Like you're taking, you're taking your lumps. If you're eating a hot dog, 
but I like, I like a hot dog. So, I mean, I don't know. I just, I just don't know if I'd like chili on a spaghetti. Like, I guess goulash is kind of chili on a spaghetti, but like, it's way different. I don't know. There's not a, <laughs> like, I don't, I also don't like when people put too much sugar in things like a chili or a sauce or something like a little bit. Okay. But like, not, not too much. I don't, and yeah, I, I, I get know, it. So I get it. Okay, great. Well, that was, that was a fantastic halftime because you were fired up about the Cincinnati chili. I think Skyline chili is like Skyline is a brand. So it'd be it like is. saying it is. Yeah. Okay. All right. It'd be like saying the sauce sauce. Yeah. I turned it. That's not the, uh, the analogy I was going for, but yeah, I think so. I was going to say more like jacuzzi and hot tub. Like people say jacuzzi. Kleenex. It sounds cool. Kleenex. That's a good one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Xerox and copy machine. Yep. Another one. They okay. really, they teach you this in business school. Like I paid for someone to tell me that. Oh, See, we're on this pod, I, I didn't we're giving that. you a business school education for free. <laughs> That's great. All you got to do is subscribe, listen, rate Download, us five stars. Five star rating, all of it. And then you get your free business lesson. That might exactly. have to be like, that might have to be a segment, like, like, a, like an overtime segment, like a little business tip of the day. huh? Our business tip of the day. Stay away from the stock market. <laughs> okay. All <laughs> it's right. A nightmare. There you go. <laughs> And on that note, we're going to go right into the third quarter here. We talked about the Bengals all line. You talked about all the money there that's been shelved out to people like Ted Karras, Alex Kappa, Lyle Collins. How about this Jets defensive line? When you think about the types of offenses that they've seen the first two weeks with Lamar Jackson being so dynamic with a run heavy scheme that the Browns have, like, is this the week that you can start to really see what this Jets D line is about? Okay, so I have to tell a cute story here because it's just way too, like, it's adorable. My neighbors are Jets fans, and they have a small three-year-old, maybe four, son. And when Sheldon Rankins stopped Nick Chubb, he said for the rest of the day, Sheldon, Sheldon, Sheldon. <laughs> it was so cute. It was the cutest thing ever because his dad was screaming, Duh! like you know Sheldon Rankins yeah. whatever it was it was so Sheldon is now what when I see Sheldon Rankins now I, I think Sheldon which sounds like a dinosaur to me but I love it it was very Sheldon yeah Sheladon. it does sound like a dinosaur a Sheldon it was adorable it was really cute <laughs> so okay you did ask well, what, about the what, what, what about Sheldon though what about Sheldon and the run Carl Lawson and the rest of these guys right but so the run stopping is going to be a key because it feels like if you look to see what the Cowboys did, they held Joe Mixon to under three yards per attempt against a light box. So obviously light box means you're not stacking the box to stop a run specifically. So you're defending the run without pulling the extra defender in down so you can keep more guys coverage. Okay, so the Cowboys did that really effectively. How did they do that? Where did they put the linebackers? What was the alignment? These are things that I'm sure Robert Sala can tell you seven times better than anyone that I even know. So at the end of the day, I think stopping Joe Mixon from having these large gains, especially without having to load the box, is going to be one of the bigger keys because we've seen how Joe Burrow can't overcome this pressure this season. The downfield passes weren't working. He took three attempts of 10-plus air yards aimed at Jamar Chase, all of them went incomplete. They weren't even like it wasn't that it was such amazing defense that was happening on this, but it they were not great passes like we're used to seeing Joe Burrow do. So if we if you can keep that disruption off, also we've seen some strange play calling from the the Bengals in the first game because of the game script. They had to be very high risk taking 
did not necessarily pay off. But in the second game, they were very risk averse. So I'm not sure where that's going to fall in terms of this game. But, you know, you usually see a pretty aggressive game plan from the Bengals offense. You did not see that against the Cowboys defense. So if the Jets can just use that D-line to create pressures without having to bring too many guys up front so that you get beat over the back and you have fewer numbers in coverage, that's going to be the key in this one for the Jets. But just going off of like the like the Bengals scheme versus the two schemes the Jets have seen, like how different is it? Because all three are AFC North teams. The Ravens are like <clears throat> they're like the unicorn because of Lamar Jackson. It's it's unique in its own right. He's like one of well, one. They had a good game plan for Lamar does. Jackson. That I mean, they did. <laughs> the like they definitely did not get a lot of rushing yards from Lamar Jackson. They that was not the that was not how it was. So that was a great run stopping game plan as well like it's different with the browns because the way that the browns use their running backs and their like they'll take you know two tight ends and put the tight ends off to the right they'll pull the left guard back behind like the the tight ends right and then then they'll make like it's like a three-man attack ahead of nick chubb to get him a running start to go like they just do it differently than the ravens ravens kind of rely on lamar jackson's instincts and they create overloads in different ways and try to get the deep play to stretch everyone out. So there's, there's more space for Lamar either way. So just a different, so much different. I mean, Jacoby Brissett was not really a, a rushing threat, right? So it's just a different, a different type of scheme when it comes to that. So, you know, I, as I look at the Bengals, I'm a little confused at what I see, because like I said, it was super conservative week two, quite aggressive week one. Seems like pressures and limiting Joe Mixon is probably one of the better ways to start and force those deeper throws from Joe Burrow, who, by the way, can complete deep passes. We've seen it time and time again. But, you know, start with the trenches and work your way back. Because on some level, like, like if you're going to – it feels like it, Joe Burrow has, hasn't been on the same page with the receivers yet. So, like, what's the higher pro- probability thing? Like, try to, like, take it one down at a time and limit limit the fact – like, get yourself into third and long as opposed to – third and two. Yeah, I think it's going to be a fascinating matchup because you know that the Bengals are going to want to rectify what's been happening up front. The Jets defensive line wants to get after the quarterback probably a little more than the past couple weeks that that every week I feel like we talk about the trenches being in focus. Well, it's a, it's a different kind of focus for the Bengals and the Jets defensive line. I mean, Joe Burrow is a great passer. Joe Burrow. Like, I mean, Joe Burrow is like, you know, he's up there. Like, I'm not willing to call him like generational or use any of the too much hyperbole yet. But Joe, last year, Joe Burrow was elite, elite. So that deep pass, especially to Jamar Chase, was elite. So this is a, this is a, I'm not suggesting that the other quarterbacks that they faced weren't. I do think Lamar Jackson has a very, very, very high skill set, but not that like Joe Burrow, when it comes to deep passes, is just another level. Joe Burrow last year against the Jets in a 34 to 31 win week eight at MetLife Stadium threw for 259 yards, just three that many touchdowns. What was that? Just that many. I mean, what was he thinking? Yeah. Why didn't he just make it the round four? You know, like goodness, I guess. That's game yeah, yeah I know. Right? He, he had a good game. He, the, the Bengals had a, had a good game against the Jets last year. That was a, an awesome game to watch. It was incredible. And, But that kind of brings us to the fourth quarter here because the Jets did a great job against Jamar Chase last year. He only had three catches for 32 yards. One of them was a touchdown. But T. Higgins was the guy that went off for them, four catches for 97 yards. This is a very good receiving core, probably the best core that the Jets 
have seen so far this season, even though all three teams have been in the AFC North, yada, 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 whatever. This is a really good core. What do the Jets defense need to do? And Sauce Garner, if we're going to bring this full circle, he's with us in spirit with the sauce. Now we're talking about him going up against some of the elite receivers in the NFL. So far, we've only seen Sauce line up on one side. He hasn't traveled. It's two games. So a two-game sample size is very small. But you know he's been on the defensive left, offensive right. If you look where Jamar Chase lines up most often, often offensive right. But T. Higgins lines up there too, right? So they use them all across the front. They switch things around a lot. I think that the, I think that they'll have to be specific about you know limiting Jamar Chase means sometimes sacrificing. Okay, well we'll give T Higgins this shorter pass, a, a, a less of a gain because then the home run is limited, right? So you do you have to concede something, right? And you have to figure out where you're going to overload or where you're going to accommodate where. And I will say, remember this is T Higgins' contract year, so. It, it could be contract here, but just always remember that one. And uh, <laughs> always good to know. And there's no, obviously, CJ Uzama is now Jet. So there are actually missing part of what made them really dynamic when it comes when it came to shorter, intermediate, and deep all being effective. But, I mean, Tyler Boyd has stepped up, but it's not, it's not the same. Tyler Boyd also had a touchdown catch last year against the Jets. This is a, this is a good receiving core. And then you factor in, and this is kind of – is what I wanted to bring up too. the running backs out of the backfield, Joe Mixon for the Bengals, Michael Carter and Brees Hall for the jets. Like these are two very good or three very good pass catchers out of the backfield for Joe Mixon. They like to get him the ball a lot, not just as a rusher, but also as a receiver, you really have to account for him too. Yeah. I mean the, especially with that O-line being dicey, those shorter passes, no CJ Uzama, of course, like those shorter passes now seem to be more going to mix in. The, the hardest part there is that, you know, again, when you go map their play calling, watch what happened. Like, it's very interesting. If you even look at like some of the games last season where things got a little dicey, like it's like the second down decisions are interesting. So, you know, it's, and then they kind of bailed out by Jamar Chase deep, deep reception. So, you know, it's like, see if they can keep getting them in second and 10. See if they can keep figuring out first down. Because then that that gate, that to me, when I look back, it's like, all right, they, then they have like some more predictable second down stuff, right? It's Joe Mixon on, you know, on a screen or something, you know, something like that. So more, a little more just predictable like, second down with first, second and 10. Just like the Jets ended last week with a Garrett Wilson touchdown. This is how I want to end the fourth quarter of the game preview podcast, talking about the rookie wide receiver out of Ohio state. When you see Garrett Wilson do what he did last year or last week, just as a, as a young player, second game in the NFL, hundred yards plus two touchdowns. What does that say to you? And what do you think about what the jets now have at that position moving forward? I went back and I read my draft notes on Garrett Wilson just because I was curious, like what I said. Not that, like, you think I would still remember it from like a couple months ago, but I wanted to see what the like the the science notes were and the route running precision that he showed in college allowed him to create more separation than any of the other wide receivers. And he was anyway like a twenty-five season sample. He had the lowest fatigue rating, which is like the difference in his speed and burst. So the first three yards off the line of scrimmage and then his top speed on routes. It's adjusted by route so that, you know, a shorter route, you're not, you're just not going to get to that top speed versus a go. But his ability to create separation was the best in the class. And his fatigue factor was 
top 95th percentile of a 25-season sample size. So it's kind of no surprise that he ends up catching a touchdown, having a little extra burst, that three first three steps to get past the defender to catch that 15-yarder. Now, that one was in tight coverage, but his other touchdown and like 72 of his yards all came, 72 or 77 of his yards, but, but the vast majority of his yards came when he had a bunch of separation, at least three yards of cushion. Now, that's selling you something. One, great game planning. Two, great execution by both the quarterback to see that he's open, but also for Garrett Wilson to be exactly where he needed to be at the exact right time. So you're seeing kind of all of the traits that Joe Douglas looked at and found and saw during the draft season. Like that's what, that's good scouting right there, right? Like the thing you saw from college translating to cop to the pros on a pretty fast scale. Like it's not like, you know, two seasons down the line, we're finally seeing this. And the fatigue stuff's amazing because the guys who don't get as tired, you know, in college historically become all pros at like a much higher rate. So he has a lot of great traits there. And PFF had his college quarterbacks passer rating when targeting him was 141.7. Just, you know, just a little fun. Yeah, I, I would say that's a good number. I'm not a math guy, but I would say that's a pretty darn good number. And that's honestly, one. that's the perfect way to end episode three of the 2022 season of the Game Preview Podcast. I think it's time. I really appreciate you eating chicken at like 1045 in the morning, California time. Listen, I will. Up. I will. Gee, what? it's so hard. I'm, you're so mean to me. I have to take one for the team. <laughs> so terrible. I try this for my hands. No, it was it was great. No, it was awesome. All <laughs> right, just, sorry great. to well, my neighbors for the for the fire alarm drill. <laughs> I think you should make chicken for your neighbor who calls Sheldon Rankin Sheldon. I think that would oh, be no. a nice thing. Okay, yeah. well maybe that one, but I don't really want to share my sauce. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Maybe just that. like a little, like a little piece. No, I'll or, do it. Or, How cute or is that? maybe Shelladon! you make a. Why don't you make a different sauce? Tell them it's sauce's sauce. That would be mean. You shouldn't do that. That would be. I'll mean. give them a sample. Of, I'll give them a sample of sauce's sauce. But like that's it. I'm not gonna be too generous with that one. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, I got wings right here, bone in and boneless. Enjoy. So, yeah. Thank you very much. I hope you have a wonderful week, and we'll see you next week. As always. Perfect. See you next week.